Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. So we're still having, um, still talking about this daughter that's eloping, uh, that's getting married without asking her dad, and she's a minor. And so the question is, is that valid in any form? So uh, let's start again, five lines from the bottom, on uh, 45b, Mem Hayamad Beis. Nikadsha, we're starting out a little quieter today, if you'll notice on the, those that are listening, because the, they're in Shimon Esrei in the, in, the, in the Kolo, and we discovered that they can sometimes hear us and get to learn a little daf, even though they're not trying to, so trying to talk to Hashem in another way. We're trying to talk to Hashem through our daf, but okay. So Niskadsha, so we have a number of scenarios here. The, the interesting thing is, when is it that a child does something and you're the parent and you have the ability to stop them and by not stopping them, you're agreeing with them? And it's a really a tough question because there are a lot of things that they do that you don't know if you would have agreed to it ahead of time, but they did it. And you could, didn't stop them, and so that's as if you're giving consent. And we're talking about a minor who's not capable of doing something, but you being the adult in the room, her dad, so this guy gives her a ring. You know, uh, but what happened was that we said that you would, um, in those days, they often decided ahead of time, even when they were little kids, who they would marry. And so they all knew she was going to marry this guy. And uh, then he goes, and she doesn't tell her father, but she... she um, eloped, so to speak. She accepted a uh, Kedushin money uh, without the father being there and without the father saying, okay, do it now. I mean, the father probably would have had a ceremony in, uh, in shul and a party and invited a few hundred people and send out the invites and everything. But uh, she went ahead and did it. And the question is, do we say the dad agreed ahead of time? So, Niskad Shishalola Sevilla. So she went ahead and she gets, she completes the engagement without asking her father. Now, the, the trick in this case is Vanessa Shalokadasavia. And then she elopes. She goes all the way and does complete Nisuin without asking her father. And uh, her husband's a Kohen. And the father is quiet. And um, sometimes parents are quiet. It doesn't mean they agree. It doesn't mean they don't agree. That's what we had before, that sometimes quiet means they're actually very upset. And sometimes quiet means you know, they go along with it. So the question here is, can she... Now, once she's bas mitzvah and she decides to live with her husband, who's the Kohen, every, nobody would question that's a Torah marriage. And now, even if she has the status of a non-Kohen, once she's married Torah, she would be a Kohenist and could eat. But the fact that her father didn't give her away, that's the question. Daddy didn't give her away. She gave herself away. Can she eat truma? So, two opinions. Zuhuna said, let her go eat. Rav Yerubi said, she doesn't eat. So, the difficult question is, the one that said that this is like consent. The issue of consent was only for engagement, that maybe she got engaged when she was living in her father's house and he knew about it. There, maybe he had consent. But over here, where she does the complete marriage, 
How is that good? So Ula said, this din of Rav Huna, that we assume the father is consenting, this is like vinegar to the teeth. Vinegar isn't good for the teeth. Or like smoke to the eyes. Smoke isn't good for the eyes. Meaning that, he says, Hashta my hasta mikdushta diaraisa. In the previous case, where all they did was get engaged, and we said she shouldn't eat truma because the father didn't give complete approval. He didn't go along with it. He didn't give her away to the initial engagement. Over here, where she did more than engagement, she actually eloped, so to speak. She moved out of the house and moved in with this, this fellow. Certainly, she doesn't have the father's consent. It shouldn't, she shouldn't be allowed to eat truma, like So that was the question. So, Nirindivre Talmud, therefore, I don't agree with uh, the senior rabbi over here, which was, Rav, um, which was Rav Huna. I agree with his students, Rav Yirmiya, that I don't think she should eat truma because this marriage where the father didn't give her away and she's a minor seems too iffy. Oh, Marava, that's, that's actually a, a, a very strong, that's a good argument. So what is the reason for Rav Huna? So my time at Rav Huna, he says, Hoyo v'nas bo yisoma av. She's acting like she's an orphan in the life of the father. There is such a thing as uh, sometimes a person acting on their own as if the, the father's like not involved, maybe. That it's, if the father gives her the power uh, to, to do that. Let's just do the Rashi, and then we'll open up for discussion a little more here. Let's see Rashi. Three lines from the Kidshu. When the father was alive, he allowed her to get engaged. And then she jumps the gun without her father. It's as if she has no dad. In other words, the regular marriage is daddy gives her away. But not every case. This case, she jumps the gun. And he sees everything going on. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't stop her. She's a minor. He's the dad. Either he's quiet or he says, you want to? Go ahead and do it. It's almost like his quiet is like, okay, the Bishlamishnis When she only got engaged with um, permission and she jumped the gun, so there, If he's quiet once, then maybe he's angry and you can't read the quietness. But that she should have the whole shebang. And again, the way they did it, it was a double marriage. There was the engagement, uh, there was a complete uh, marriage engagement, and then a year later, a complete nisuin, and the father the whole time is not saying a word. So this is the new svara, which is that it, even if you want to argue that being quiet once doesn't prove anything, being quiet twice, as Rashi says, kuli hai, it must be that uh, he's going along with the deal. And it could work two ways. Either he says, okay, you want to go and do this on your own, um, you know, we had that trailer on the roof analogy or whatever that, you know, that's uh, uh, maybe new times kids uh, make, they believe it or not, they actually decide on their own who they want to marry. Who, who would think of such a crazy idea, right? So the, they want to do that. He goes along with it or, um, or, or that, perhaps that's the idea. Okay, so that's, that's this latest idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> if she does it on herself while she's a katana, it's subject to me and later on. Is that right? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, me and is typically where other people married her off, but not where she... Um, the, the, I guess your question is, what if she has buyer's regret? 
uh, if she says, uh, well, I, I thought I was being smart, you know, running to marry and being, acting like an adult. And Right, that's right. And uh, so can she have regret, which is me, and that's your question. Um, if we say that the father gives consent, so what it means in effect is that by him saying, I'm okay with it, he's turning it into a Torah marriage. And then she wouldn't be able to be Mayan. She wouldn't be able to jump out. In other words, we want it to be, if you say that she eats truma, she can't do mian. Mian means we're just doing playing house. We're pretending marriage. And when she gets older, she could decide if she wants in, she wants out. There is such a thing. But if you're saying that she eats truma, she's Mrs. Cohen. Uh, and that means that it'd be too late to do me, and it would be a, she would need a divorce. That, that's, a, that's my understanding here. And I, you might say, well, the father didn't give her away. That, that's this idea. Rashi says, shtika kahoda. Being quiet, it's almost like he's, he's accepting it, he's giving her away. He never gave her away, but that's as if he, he's, um, uh, he's, he's acquiescing. That's another way of... of, of uh, um, it's a, uh, that's another way of doing things is letting them do it and agreeing that's also like the father did it. So, so Rabbi Stein, mm-hmm. so, so let's say the father's not in the picture of this little girl. No, then what? Then it's like, you, then you're correct. Then in that case, it would be, there was the Mian option. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. could, because it's not Minatora, correct. Uh, but if the father is agreeing, our question here. It, it, the words of Rashi kind of ring out. All right, to say when he's quiet once doesn't mean anything. He's just mad. <laughs> but if he's quiet twice, and he lets her a year later, not only did he say nothing when she gets engaged to the guy, but a year later when she elopes with him and, and marries him fully, he, he goes along with it. Uh, that's already too much. He must be agreeing. That's the way Rashi says. But there is another opinion that says no. He didn't agree. He doesn't like it. He, he maybe he. There's sometimes where you can't agree and you can't say anything. You know who knows, right? There's there's those situations where you just have to be quiet. You know that's what they tell you. So okay, moving on. Uh, tomorrow we learn. Now this case again. The previous case was she did both. She did kedushin and erison and kedushin. Niskatshelos of anissa. She did both. Now we're going back to just where she gets engaged. So, Amarav, Benhi, Benavia, Yokel, Akif. She or her father can have buyer's regret. Ravasi says, no, her father could, and not she. She already agreed. And this, in some way, this may address what Steve is asking. When she went along with it earlier, but she's a minor, can she then say, well, I changed my mind? Ravasi is a question of Avia, it says the father can have regret. Ainli Avia, I only know of the father. This case, by the way, is where somebody coerced her. She didn't had no intention of having relations, and they pushed her into it. That, that uh, they're required to offer to marry her, but the father says he, the father can refuse. And the question is, I only know the father can refuse. How do I know that if she doesn't want to marry him? She, she can also say, no, I ain't taking this guy. It says either one can, uh, can reject him. 
he said, I could learn it a little bit differently. Maybe the case where they can refuse is where he didn't initially ask her to marry him. He just pushed her into having relations with him. We were assuming in that case that she agreed to marry him, that that's what the relations meant. But no, maybe he talked her into it and never agreed to marry her. So the Gemara said, Peter If she never agreed and the father never agreed, of course. It, it's nothing to refuse. They, there's, they didn't talk marriage. What is coming to tell you is that not only where he promised to marry her and he seduced her without the father agreeing, does he have to pay the penalty, but even where, um, uh, even where the, um, he seduced her and he never promised to marry her, he still has to pay the marriage penalty. He has to pay, he has to pay her the dowry that she would have gotten had she married, uh, 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 gotten married as a virgin. This is uh, what we learn. Uh, that he needs to marry her. And if he already married her, yeah, but the father never consented. And again, she was a minor and he seduced her. And even though she, he, she agreed to marry him, the father needs to agree to marry her. You could see, by the way, why the rabbis instituted that uh, marriage needs to be done uh, not with relations alone, because it leads itself to uh, all kinds of uh, unusual circumstances where, you know, somebody marries a young girl and says, oh, you know, she agreed to marry me, and they created facts on the ground, and uh, that's not, uh, that wasn't with the consent of the father, and that's that's where the whole discussion comes in. This last case, so the guy just pays money to the father because it was never, ever a legit marriage? Correct. Uh, and so even, uh, basically, she's not going to be able to attract uh, the, a suitor as a virgin, and so it's right. gonna, she's going to need a dowry to uh, uh, sweeten the deal now right. that she's uh, been damaged by this person. Okay, new Mishnah. Uh, we actually quoted this Mishnah earlier. That we, this was the bad date. Everybody remembers that bad date. So what if you have lots of bad dates? Uh, the, uh, it's a funny thing because sometimes they talk about some people, they have, uh, you know, like the unbelievable date when they go out with a woman, they, they love at first sight. Other ones, not bad, you know, or, or it's just a whole bunch of little dates that add up to where oh, the overall picture is that uh, they manage to want to continue to see each other even though it's not, uh, not, a, not a great date. The question is, do these small dates add up? If a person manages in a certain way, it's a, it's a metaphor over here, when a person proposes to someone, they need to have a Sheva Pruta. It has to be a value. So what happens if they give something of less value, but they do it multiple times? Let's read the Mishnah. You say to a woman, get engaged to me with this date. Right, you know what, that one didn't work, marry me with this one. And it turns out that none of them are really worth enough to actually concretize a marriage. So, if one of them is actually valuable enough, is a good enough date, so if none of them are worth a Sheva Pruta, it bites the dust. But that's because he tried, each one was a separate, uh, separate one. Let's see Rashi. The Kivan, the Omer, he's Kachu, he's Kachu. Each one 
he, he gets on his knee and he proposes and he does. Each one is a separate proposal. And so none of the proposals are good. Because every time he proposed to her, he offers her a cheap date. You know, it's, it's not worth a Shavu Bruta. So back to the Mishnah. That's case number one. But what about case number zoo? Bazoo, bazoo, bazoo. Uh, this one, this one, this one. <laughs> have another date, have another date. Uh, have all these dates. So, if they add up to the value, and again, we somewhat, we briefly quoted this earlier. What happens if he gives the date and she plops it in her mouth and it's gone, right? So, Rishona. So then, uh, the, then you can't add them all together because the earlier ones are gone. In other words, if there's a whole bunch of dates on the table and together they're worth a Shavapruta, and he says, here, have a, uh, marry me with these dates. So you can add them up. But if he gives her one, he says, I'd like to marry you. And she says, show me the goods. Give me the Shavapruta. And he gives her one date. And she goes and she swallows it. Give me the other one. <laughs> you know? And so here, it's a, we're going to deal with this question. In a certain way, it's like a loan. Eventually, I'll give you a whole... You can't get married with a loan. That, that's what we're going to see in the Gemara about this last case. So if she starts eating them, and in the end, so if one whole one is a Sheva Pruta, then she's married. If it's not a Pruta, she's not. Let's see the Gemara. Mantani who's the author of our Mishnah? This similar debate uh, in the case uh, where a person swears. Uh, what if a person lies about multiple things in one shot? He says, I swear, blankety, I don't know you this, I don't know you that, I don't, you know. And uh, there are a lot of lies, but he only said, I swear once. So do you treat that as multiple things or one thing? So he says, if he swore, he said, I swear this and I swear that and I swear this, it's multiple oaths. Here also, it's like multiple proposals. So we're following that view. Bazoo, 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 he said, if he said, uh, uh, he says, I'm getting engaged with all of them, you can add them together. So uh, he, this last statement, which of the two cases was it referring to? Ilema, Resha, if it's case number one, my Iriochelis, why do you need that uh, if she eats it, um, that it would be good? Even if she doesn't eat it, it's all on the table. El Asaf, it's referring to the second case. And, or, Vafilu Kamaisa, Vahai Milvahi. When he says, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm proposing with this one, and she eats it, the rest is like a loan, and you can't, uh, you can't uh, say, well, I'll pay you, uh, is, I'll pay you tomorrow, or whatever, here's, I'll give you the ring tomorrow, but marry me today, it's not going to work. So he says, we have the table, we have the meat, and we have the knife, but we have no food. Basically, he's saying that, um, uh, well, you're right, we don't know how to explain this Mishnah. Let's see, Rashi. What's the analogy? Well, let's just let's do the Rashi about the what he's trying to say. Last thin lines. Harishun Klomer. This is a Klomer Rashi, meaning Harilano Mishnah Shnuyev Einon Yedon Lefarsha. We have a, a bona fide Mishnah, but we don't know how to explain it. So he's saying, like, we got we got the table, we got the food, uh, but. We can't eat. So you want to know why we can't eat? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, that's a coma, right. Like, 
the, everything is here, but something's missing. You know, the, uh, but it's, it's like we can get there, but we can't eat. We, we, we've got to figure something out. Okay. So that's, uh, how do we learn the Mishnah? So, Ravish uh, so really, let's, uh, they both want to say, really, it's referring to the first case. And the Lomi boy, and not only Kamar. Lomi boy, Munachas, not only if the dates are on the table. If they add up, then it's married, and if they don't add up, they're not. But where they, uh, he, if they actually ate them, Hoyle, uh, the woman is eating the dates, Hoyle, Makarva, Hanasa, she might feel that the food is yummy. And she might, uh, she wants to be married. And so maybe since she's enjoying the snack, So this, by the way, was the Bisley engagement that I mentioned to you. Um, they had a case in Israel, not, you know, 10 years ago, where uh, boys and girls were sitting in a park and uh, uh, the guy's eating a bag of Bisley and she's trying to get some of those Bisleys. And, you know, she said, give me some. And he says, Hariat Makudeshisli, Babisli zoo, and he puts it on her finger and then she eats it. So maybe she's uh, she's showing she wants that, you know, she accepted his proposal. Or maybe she didn't hear him, right? Well that was but but when you you eat it, maybe that means like uh, I'm accepting it. That's even more than accepting. So even if it's not a Shavapruta, by my eating it, it shows like this is really good, this is what I want, and so I'm gobbling it up. But even if it was a Sheva Prusa, she ate it. It's, it's not part of the kitty anyway. Isn't that what they're saying here? Well, it's, uh, the problem is, can you add it up with the other pieces if it's gone already? That was, that was the problem. But meaning that uh, if, you, if they're all on the table, you have a whole bunch of little dates together, so then maybe now, here, have your whole big Sheva Prusa. That's, that's what the Zuba 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 is? Yes, 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 oh, yes. I thought it was, okay. All right. Have all these little dates, yeah. This right. one and this one and this one. So it's including if one of them goes missing because you ate it. That's so well, that's our that, question now. That's that's, okay. uh, that's the right. final right. case, that's right? right. The, right. the right. earlier case stood alone, a yeah. whole bunch of dates. Okay. Now, what if she gobbled them up? Right, it's a nuance to the original. Uh, correct. Okay. 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 Is, is the point of the sheva that she should be men? Because here she's eating it. And even if she's eating one, and then she's eating another, and she's, it's, it's, you know, she's, she's, she's men from, well, now she doesn't have to go have, you know, buy her own dinner. Right, so, but the, but the Torah says she has to have a Sheva Pruta's worth of Hana. So the question is, when a person's hungry, sometimes even a little less, if the fact that she's eating it, May, might mean to her right now it's worth it has that value to her that, that's kind of what the Gemara is saying that she's she's enjoying it right away but at the end of the day it's there is a kasev that it says kasev and the, the minimum amount of kasev is a sheva pruta but uh, we're going a little deeper why do you need that is, is it all about hana she's having some hana is it about a certain amount of hana okay yeah so um I would have thought... It's interesting. They, don't, they don't think about the wedding side of it. Yeah. Any right, that's right. <laughs> that's right. She's, she's getting... So, let's read the words. It sounds like what, what, what you... Since she's getting benefit right away, see here, she, she doesn't have to wait. She's immediately plopping it in her mouth. Maybe she's giving herself to him She's finishing the Kenyan because she's getting that date. Kamash Malan, that no, it's, it's a cheap date. 
Rev Ami says, no, really, it's referring to the second case. I, Ad Sheba. And what does it mean, a Sheva Pruta? It means as long as one of them is a Sheva Pruta. Ad Sheba, Achronu Sheva Pruta. As long as the last ones, even if just the very last ones are Sheva Pruta, that would do the trick. Omar Rav, Shmami, not Rav Ami. The way Rav Ami is learning it, you see three things. Number one, if you promise a whole bunch of dates, that, that's not marriage. It has to be at, one, at, at the exact moment. Now over here, she's giving a whole bunch of dates plus a Sheva Pruta. We're saying as long as the last date is worth it, that does the trick, even if the earlier ones are gone. Uh, because you, she has in mind the one that makes the marriage, as we turn the page. Um, so we see from here um, that the, the question is, if you give a woman a proposal and she doesn't accept it, can she keep the ring? Or does it go back? Does it have to go back? So he says, you see from here that we don't call it a gift, we call it like a loan. You know, that, uh, so that word sounds like it, it goes back. That you'd have to give it back. Um, if she doesn't get married, then she's got to give the dates back. That, that seems to be the question. It's Mara, we learned in Makadah Shechosa. Um, this, uh, I guess really the question is, this guy's trying to get married, and he gives her a whole bunch of dates, and then he finds out it didn't work. So can he, can he sue for the dates back? You know, he thought... Or he thought maybe the judges were determined that some of them are worth a Sheva Pruta. What happens when people give a woman money to get married and it doesn't work? So how do we look at that gift? That's the next question the Gemara has kind of opened up over here. This guy says, you know, he thought he was being a sport. He gives her a date. That date isn't worth a Sheva Pruta. Okay, I'll give her another one. Another one. Wait a second, I gave her so many. Well, yeah, but you didn't give them at one time. But do you get it back? Do you not? Is uh, how do, how do we look at money that's given to a woman? It, it comes up somewhat when people give gifts with the assumption that the person's going to get married, and then they don't get married. Do they get those gifts back? So, what happens if a person proposes to a woman who's his sister? Obviously, she's not married, so does Rav Omar Moschosen. She better give him the ring back. Vishmul says, Mos Matano, we say it's a gift. Rav Omar Moschosen, Adam Yudeish, Ein Kedushin he knows that he can't marry his sister. He's just giving it to her meanwhile. She'll, she'll pay him back when she has the money. Let him just tell her then that I'm giving you, here, hold this. She, they, they, she thought she won't take it from him. They, um, we're so used to in our society taking freebies that we, don't, we forgot almost that you're not supposed to take things from people. So she wouldn't take it from him. He proposed to her, so that's different. Shmuel says, Savar, Mos, Matana, it's a gift. Adam Yadesh, in Kedushin, Tosa, He knows he can't marry his sister. The Gamma, Nosin, Lushum, Matana. And it is a gift. I, why doesn't he tell her, I'm giving you a gift, you're poor? Savar, Kasifale, Mosa, it's embarrassing. But if he pretends that he's a fiance and gives her a present, that looks a little different. People like to fake it sometimes, They're, they'll do funny things. Because they like that, they think it looks better. Brother and his sister look better. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound funny. <laughs> like, you know, it was, uh, well, everybody's going to say, what in the world's going on over there? I couldn't find a better way to give her a diamond ring, you know, than she needs the money. But uh, that's what we're saying. I, I hear the question. Okay. Um, Mesa Ravina. 
So really the question we had was if somebody makes a proposal that's clearly not a proposal, does she keep the money? That's, that's been the question that we're saying. So Ravina has a question from the following. Hamafrish chaloso kemach. Somebody, um, so there's a mitzvah to give chala. Chala is only from dough. Once you make dough, you make a dough, you separate a piece of chala uh, and give it to the poor. The Sefer HaChinuch says that it's like you, when you do the mitzvah of tzedakah, you, maybe the poor person doesn't have a blender. You know, maybe he can't make it. It's like you're, 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 you're giving to him something that he can use. You know, it's all, you, t- you did all the steps already. You sifted it, you kneaded it. It's a, a, you take challah from the dough. But what happens if instead of taking from the dough, you want to give him challah from the flour? You don't know when you're going to see a kohen again. So you give him challah from the flour, which there's no mitzvah yet. It's, it's like too, too early. There's, uh, so, hamafish challah kemach. If you separate challah from your flour, enu challah. Um, it's not considered chalav, a gezel biyad koin. And if the koin takes it, he's stealing. Uh, he's got to give it back. So even though he... Pre- uh, so, um, right. So why did the sister take the diamond ring? She knew she wasn't being married. So that, that's the analogy. When, when somebody gives you something that you know isn't a real gift uh, because it's false, that's really the question. Yeah. So we're saying, we're saying if somebody gives you something that you're not entitled to, um, do we say it's a gift and you could keep it? Or do we say, you know, that's not a gift. You should just give it back because it's, something here doesn't make sense. So that's really the question. A guy proposes to a woman, he gives her a bad date, and they say, well, that didn't work. It's the other date, or you'll have to give her, do it again. So does he, does he give it back and say, well, you should have known that it wasn't worth, uh, that wasn't a real proposal. So here also, uh, the Kohen should say, I know this is not challah, I'll give you your flower back. Or somebody wants to give you something, I know somebody like that. Somebody wants to give you something, you take it. That's their rule. Like, you know, somebody wants to give, you just take it. Just don't ask questions. You just take it. You know, it's a certain... Uh, uh, and, so, and there's a point in that. You know, there are other people that they won't let you give it to them unless everything makes sense. But they need it. <laughs> you know, but the, so that's really our question here. When you give something that the way you gave it doesn't make sense. You give... You twist that around and say, if you know you owe somebody money... It, do you wait for them to give you a bill, or do you aggress the situation and pay them money? That's the opposite of that. Correct, point. but it, the only t- added twist, though, is you didn't tell them you were paying them the money. You gave it to them in an unusual uh, way, or something, uh, uh, or right. that. But uh, yeah, so uh, my guess would be Ed Cohen. The most question: Why are we calling the Cohen a thief? Name Adam Yudeish Everybody knows you can't separate challah as flour. Why don't we just say you're giving the Cohen a gift? So the Morris says, Shani Hassam, it's one thing when you give a gift and there's no harm done. You pretended, you know, he gives the girl the bisley and he says, ha, 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 I'm getting married to you. She, he knows, she knows that she's just giving him a bisley to eat and she's not getting married. She knows that it's a gift and he made a joke. Teenagers do that. They say, they don't say what they mean. They, they use other words, uh, but they're just making a joke. So uh, here also, why don't we say, that it's a joke. 
he, he wants to give a coin some flour, and he says, ha, 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 here's your truma. Right? You, you, I hear those kind of jokes all the time, you know, that uh, somebody says, oh, take this like that, you know, it's a, uh, um, I knew uh, a Kohen every year who would get up at Musaf on Simcha's Torah, and like he was doing Birkas Kohanim, and he'd put his talus on, and he had a schnapps hidden under his glass, and you know, where you make the bracha, instead of saying, Vitzivanu, uh, you know, uh, want to give a bracha, Shalaron, he would say, Shakol Nievibra, and he would drink the Chaim up there on the, you know, that was his, he made the joke every year, like it was. The question is, is it harmless or not? Are, are certain kinds of, so over here, where he gives the Kohen flower, and he says, here, have some challah. Is it a harmless joke, or is it clearly not harmless? The Gemara is saying, it's not harmless. This is going to create problems. Why? There's going to be a, a destructive thing over here. Why? Sometimes a Kohen doesn't have enough flour to take off challah. And he says, oh, I got this other challah, this other flour that that guy gave me. And he's going to think, and I've fixed my new dough by separating challah. And really, there isn't enough dough to separate challah. And basically, if he's given flour that um, uh, that he thinks is uh, is uh, is um, is he's he's thinking it's challah, and he mixes it with his other dough, so then he's going to think that he could separate challah. Um, so it's already been separated, and it's going to cause trouble. The Gemara says, Didn't we say everybody knows that? What, what are we worried about? The Gemara says, People know and they don't know. Great expression, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, They know that you're not supposed to, but he doesn't really know why. He says the whole reason is the coin. You want to save the coin, the trouble of having to make the dough. I'll forgive the tircha of, of the making the dough. But let it be truma, and why don't we allow it to be um, uh, separate chala from a different place? Didn't we learn the following? What happens uh, if there's one crop that's growing with a pot with a hole in it, which is considered planted, and there's another crop that's above ground, that's in a planter? You're not supposed to separate one or the other because one is considered growing from the ground and one is not. So what if you did that? So it's truma, you have to re-separate truma from a different place. So here also, why don't you just re-truma and take some challah again? So Gemara said, betray mani tzayis. In two different pots, we'll take off truma on each pot. Bechad mana, on the same dough, where he already gave flour once, he's not going to give flour again. Basically, even though he wanted to just give a coin some flour, he's not going to give the second time. He's just not going to listen to us. Uh, the uh, Kohen, um, the, uh, the Kohen would listen to us and, and take again. But he thought, he thought that the dough was already tithed. And he'll come to eat it uh, when he shouldn't. The, but then the Gemara says, what do you mean, O Kamba? 
Didn't we say he knows? The Gemara says he knows and he doesn't know. He knows that we don't usually separate flour. He holds the time of mine from Tirka the Kohen. The reason is because the Kohen will go to the trouble. Tirka the Kohen, he accepts it. But to have a truma of a yaksa but why can't he take truma twice? Milo truma Didn't we say he can just fix it the second time? Hokmina betray money. That's when it's two different pots. Sayas, so listen, bechad money lotzayas. What we're saying over here is the that since he already took once, we don't believe him that he's really going to end up taking a second time because in his mind it was done already. Even though it wasn't really. Even though it wasn't really. So that's why we don't like it. For Lotzeis, is it true that he won't listen to us? But what about the following case? Vatanan, Hatorim Kishis, you're taking Truma on your cucumbers. Venimsa Mora, and it turns out it's a bitter one, it's a bad cucumber. Or Avatiach, you thought it was a. Um, watermelon. Is that a watermelon? Okay. That, that, Nimsa. I, don't know. I have no idea. What is it now? I mean, in modern Hebrew, it's watermelon. Um, what is it now, though? A melon. A melon. Okay. Uh, and it's rotted. So uh, the youth thought that you were all set and it wasn't good. So there we say you could take again. So basically our question is, can you like do a repeat truma? Can you do a repeat challah? And, and he'll, he'll, uh, there'll be no problem. So why over there we agree that you'll do a repeat if it's bad? So Morris said, Shani Hassam, it's different there. Midi Araisa, truma malya, really? Even though it's bad, it was good the first time. How do you know it's good? What happens if you took bad on good? Really, it's good. That you shouldn't give bad because then you have a sin. When you separate. Now, if really nothing happened when you gave bad for good, why is it called you to a chet? You see that it's good. So we're... Uh, really confused now. We're trying to figure out uh, what what the deal is over here in the case of the flower. Why we are stuck and we don't allow the um, uh, uh, repeat truma to be taken the second time around like we do in some of these other cases. Okay. Have a great